Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Good afternoon and welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program. It is Friday. It is the ninth day of April 2021. And I just had to get a laugh when I heard the President of the United States today say the following. I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. The AFT? You know, American Federation of Teachers? No, that wouldn't be correct. He meant the ATF, the Department of, or the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. But Gropey Joe said, Today, I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. And it very well may be that David knows the AFT well. But does he know the Department of ATF, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms? Perhaps Gropey Joe Biden should be referring to the director of the FIB. You know, the big fib, the big lie that is the Gropey Joe administration. Uh, What? No? FIB? I mean FBI. Or maybe it could be the Department of HSH or Health and Service Humans. Or could perhaps be any number of things that Gropey Joe has managed to mumble, fumble, stumble, mutter, stutter, flutter, or even just plain old F up. This is the leader of the United States of America, boys and girls. He cannot even read from a teleprompter. Oh sure, they tried to blame it on stuttering. Now they're going to probably blame it on some speech impediment. Or perhaps the evil dyslexia which they've never mentioned before. But as they continue to make excuses for his failures, for his flubs, for his F-ups, for his faux pas, he'll continue to say stupid things and get a pass from a willing media who just thinks it's funny. I'm proud to nominate David Chipman to serve as a director of the AFT. David knows the AFT well. Yeah, I'm sure he does. This is the Truth Hurts Program, the TTH. (laughs) And imagine the embarrassment inside the minds and hearts of people who actually thought this guy was qualified and capable to be the President of the United States. Now they have no choice. They either have to admit they were wrong and that he is a blundering, blubbering fool, or they can keep up the lies out front to the people they know and make people still believe that they believe he's doing a good job. But the fact is, inside, they have to be cringing every time he screws up yet again and again and again. They have to know. You know they know. I know that they know. The problem is, when you have a problem, admitting to that problem. And people who support Gropey Joe, especially in the light of all of his failures, all of his flubs, all of his misdeeds. They have to know deep down inside what a screw-up this clown actually is. It's just a matter of at what point in time will they admit to it? When will they own up to the fact that gropey Joe Biden is not qualified to lead this nation? It's a question that only they can answer. And I can only shake my head in disbelief each and every time I hear anyone say, Joe's doing a pretty good job. He's not. He's really, really not. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. 
The website The Daily Mail claims that forensics experts have verified the authenticity of messages and images in a laptop containing lurid details of Hunter Biden's private life. Hunter Biden being the cocaine addict son of President Gropey Joe Biden, the same guy who ended up shacking up with his dead brother's widow for a while before knocking up some hooker. Yes, what a high-class citizen. You know, the guy who was discharged dishonorably from the United States Navy for his cocaine addiction. The DailyMail.com is the U.S.-focused website run by the British tabloid The UK Daily Mail, and they published a very long article detailing the laptop's contents yesterday. That very laptop was the subject of intense controversy in the run-up to the November presidential election when the New York Post claimed that the laptop contained emails that would be harmful to gropey Joe Biden. The mainstream media, and indeed even public broadcasting, refused to entertain the laptop, claiming they didn't want to falsely interfere in the election process. The Post claimed Biden, then the Democrat nominee for president, was compromised by his son's business dealings in the Ukraine, where he worked on the board of an energy firm called Burisma and was under investigation by the top law enforcement professional in that nation, equivalent to our attorney general. Basically, gropey Joe Biden said, if you don't fire the prosecutor that's looking into my son's unethical, illegal, and immoral dealings in your country, I'm going to withhold $1 billion in aid to your nation. Sounds like a little quid pro Joe to me. Other emails, according to critics, contained evidence of influence peddling by Hunter Biden in China. And because the FBI refused to get involved so close to an election, neither of the claims was ever substantiated yet. The story of how the Post and the Mail obtained the machine is convoluted. Initially, it was reported it had been abandoned in a Delaware computer shop and then handed over to allies of Donald Trump. Amid doubts over the authenticity of the information and briefings from U.S. intelligence agencies that it was likely part of some fake Russian disinformation campaign, companies like Fakebook and Twatter introduced measures to stop it from being shared. They, those social media giants, did not want the truth to come out, for that truth would have certainly totally decimated Gropy Joe's chances of becoming president. According to the Mail, the laptop is Hunter Biden's. It contains 103,000 text messages, 154,000 emails, and more than 2,000 photographs. The Mail said the contents were verified by a cyber forensics expert company at Merriman & Associates, a California-based company which has 20 years of experience, according to its website. Merriman & Associates claims to have matched the contents of the laptop with email addresses, contents from an iPad, and an iPhone serial number connected to Hunter Biden. Insider attempts to reach Hunter Biden for comment with emails to his attorney and book publishers did not receive a response. Imagine that. The publication of new material from the laptop comes just a few days after the publication of a book called Beautiful Things, where Hunter Biden describes his struggles with drug addiction. The Daily Mail claims the material from the laptop shows that Hunter Biden chose not to divulge those parts of his life in his book. 
published pictures of Hunter Biden, which said it showed him with prostitutes and showed evidence of his drug use. Now, there's no politically substantive new information in the report. It claims to contain text messages between Joe Biden and Hunter, most of which show Joe Biden offering Hunter support. Material from the computer shows that Hunter Biden was able to evade prosecution for drugs and prostitution offenses, probably because his daddy was the vice president and is now the president. The laptop details messages from Hunter Biden about an incident in which the Secret Service got involved after he abandoned a firearm in a bin after an argument with Hallie Biden, the wife of his dead brother, Beau Biden, who he was screwing. The Secret Service, of course, now denies having any involvement in that incident, although many documents and FOIA requests have come forward showing the Secret Service was indeed involved. Images were seized upon by Fox News on Thursday night, and they renewed attacks against Hunter Biden, and they showed explicit emails and stills from videos found on the laptop. You see, Hunter is supposedly under investigation by federal authorities, regarding possible tax crimes relating to his work in the Ukraine and China. He appeared on one of the late-night joke shows to promote his book. He addressed some of the controversies, including the laptop. He previously claimed he didn't know if the device was his. Now he says, now look, I really don't know. The fact of the matter is it's a red herring. It's absolutely a red herring. And I'm absolutely, I think, within my rights to question anything that comes from the desk of Rudy Giuliani. So, I don't know, is the answer. Last year, many of Donald Trump's allies seized on an email in the laptop, which appears to show Hunter trying to broker a meeting between an associate of his at Burisma and between Joe Biden, while he was the vice resident under Barack Hussein Obama. In a statement to Politico last year, a Biden spokesman said Joe Biden may have, quote, had an informal interaction with a Burisma associate of his sons, but any interaction would have been cursory, unquote. Yes, they cover their asses well, boys and girls. We may never, ever know the truth. We'll be right back. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. White people. White people, hold on to your wallets. Why? The black folks are coming for your money. That's right. White people, hold on to your wallets. The blacks are coming for your money. And the government will be the ones digging their grubby paws into your wallets to take your money, white people, and give it to black people. After more than three decades, a bill that could lead to slavery reparations appears set for a major step forward. You heard me correctly. The House Judiciary Committee plans to mark up a bill and vote on it on Wednesday of next week. It is reportedly out of committee and would set up the first floor vote on the measure that has been introduced each and every year since 1989. The ignorant African American 13% AA hyphenated American minority representative Democrat Sheila Jackson Lee told CBS News, quote, This is what we call a next step. America has never acknowledged the original sin. And if you look at African Americans today, the disparities that were entrenched in slavery still exist, unquote. The Democrat Texas Congresswoman is the lead sponsor of a bill known as H.R. 40, 
It was originally introduced by the late Michigan Representative John Conyers 30 years ago. It would set to establish a commission to examine the implications of slavery from the year 1619 to present and develop reparations proposals for African Americans. Now let me stop for just a moment. The United States did not come into existence until 1776. I want you to think about this for a moment. They're going all the way back to the year 1619, before there was an America, before the United States of America was ever formed. Slavery ended in 1863 in the United States of America. So if we do the simple math of the end of slavery in 1863, minus 1776, the year the nation became a nation, it was only 88 years of slavery. But now, some 157 years after the end of slavery, black folks think you and I, the white people, owe them money. I've said it before, I'll say it again, and again and again. No man or woman alive today, nor their parent, nor their grandparent, nor their great-grandparent, nor their great-great-grandparent was ever a slave in this nation. And no man or woman alive today, or their parent, or their grandparent, or their great-grandparent, or their great-great-grandparent ever owned a slave. That's my first point. My second point, many slave owners in the United States were black. That's truth. That is fact. Many of the people who sold blacks into slavery were indeed themselves black. My family did not arrive to the United States of America as legal immigrants until the early 1900s. So I, my dad, my granddad, my great-granddad, when they first came to this country, they never owned a slave. So why should I be paying anyone a dime in reparations for slavery for which my parents did not get to enjoy any benefit? Some of my good friends are Negro in race. They arrived in this nation in the 1920s. They were never slaves. They came from other countries as free citizens. Why should they get a dime in reparations? Because they have dark skin. Sheila Jackson Lee said, I think people want healing. They want repair. And they understand that reparations is not an injustice. It is just. She would be lying. She would be wrong. Maybe some people want reparations, but not all. The bill was reintroduced at the beginning of this year after the committee held a high-profile hearing on it back in 2019 on a day that African Americans called Juneteenth, a day in which they celebrate the emancipation of the enslaved African Americans. Last month, the Chicago suburb of Evanston, Illinois, became the first city in the nation to establish a reparations program. It was aimed at redressing past discriminatory housing policies, and eligible black residents can now receive $25,000 in grants to purchase a home or to repair the shack in which they live. Reparations initiatives are also being considered in several other cities, as well as the entire state of California. The House bill has 175 sponsors. 
It has never advanced out of committee, but is expected to do so this time since Democrats outnumber Republicans on the panel. Mommy, I don't like this ride. I want to get off. Can I please get off this ride now? Critics of the reparations bill claim that the reparations initiative is counterproductive and is divisive. Those critics would be 100% correct. Former NFL player Herschel Walker, a Blafrican-American, 13% hyphenated American minority, he said in an opening statement, Reparation teaches separation. It will only create division with the different races, which I feel continue to tell us we are African-American rather than just an American. Representative Jackson Lee argues the reparations bill is warranted and hopes it can be voted on by the House by this summer. Of course, any and all in Congress who oppose this money grab, this racially motivated theft from white Americans, this giveaway program to black Americans, they will be called out as racists and bigots in the grand scheme of things. And to repeat what I said a few minutes ago, no man or woman alive today was ever a slave or ever owned a slave. No parent or grandparent or great-grandparent alive today was ever a slave or ever owned a slave. And that a vastly large number of white Americans in our nation did not arrive in this nation until long after slavery was abolished in 1863. Not one person alive today should be giving a dime of their hard-earned money for reparations, and not one person alive today should be receiving a dime in reparations. Some people's great-great-great-great-grandparents got a raw deal over 100, 200, 300 years ago. Get over it. Get an education. Get a job. Pay your own way and quit trying to dig into my wallet. I've never owned a slave, nor have any of my ancestors. You won't get a dime from me, I promise you. Steve Z and the Truth Hurts Program. Earlier in this edition of the Truth Hurts Program, I made a joke about gropey Joe Biden calling the new appointee, the nominee rather, David Chipman to the AFT, the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. Gropey Joe called it the AFT, not once, but twice. And he was reading that from a teleprompter. So he misread three simple letters out of order. Twice. Wasn't a mistake. It was his inability to even read anymore. He certainly can't make a statement an impromptu statement off the cuff, but now he can't even read. Joe Biden's nominee to head the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms, the ATF, Joe, falsely claimed that cult members at Waco shot down helicopters. This clown is an anti-gun advocate and has been forever, but yet he's going to lead the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and what? firearms. Newsweek contacted the White House for comment on the article and they attempted to contact David Chipman for a comment. But David Chipman has refused to speak out. He's been slated to lead the, as Joe Biden calls it, AFT, but it's really the ATF, as Gropey Joe looks at ways to implement restrictions on access to firearms. 
You see, Chipman was an ATF agent for 25 years. He's currently a senior policy advisor at the Giffords Lobbying Group, led by former Representative Gabrielle Giffords, who was shot. Mr. Chipman made a claim about members of the Branch Davidians cult at the deadly siege in Waco, Texas back in 1993 during a Reddit Ask Me Anything session last year. A post about the topic emerged Thursday on social media. The Reddit post said, quote, I am David Chipman. I spent 25 years as a special agent for the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives, ATF. I stopped the illegal flow of guns from Virginia to New York, was on the ATF SWAT team, and served as special agent in charge of ATF's firearms program. Now I work with former Congresswoman Gabrielle Giffords to save lives from gun violence. And as proof of his identity, the AMA began with a photo clearly showing Chipman holding a handwritten sign saying, This is at David Chipman. That AMA is now closed, but it received more than a thousand comments at its time. In one post, Chipman discussed the use of 50 caliber Barrett rifles. The Waco siege was a standoff between federal authorities, originally the ATF and later the FBI, against the Branch Davidians, led by one David Koresh. Government agencies handling the events would become the subject of major criticism after 76 members of the Branch Davidians died in an attack. Five ATF agents were killed and 16 were injured. Mr. Chipman wrote in the 2020 AMA article, at Waco, cult members used two 50 caliber Barretts to shoot down two Texas Air National Guard helicopters. It continued, point, it is true, we are very fortunate that they are not used in crime more often. The victims of drug lords in Mexico are not so lucky. America plays a role in fueling violence south of the border. This guy's a radical, folks. He is a left-wing wacko radical. There were Texas National Guard helicopters deployed during that siege. Some Branch Davidians did open fire, according to the Dallas Morning News, but not a single helicopter was shot down. Now, some helicopters turned away because they heard gunfire and saw gunfire on the ground. David Koresh claimed the helicopters had fired into the compound, but a Texas National Guard after-action report said nothing but videotape was shot from the TXNG aircraft on 28 February 1993. So gropey Joe Biden has picked a liar, a guy with a very high ego and a very high opinion of himself, to run the AFT. But unfortunately, Joe, there is no AFT, except the American Federation of Teachers. You want this man to run the ATF, Joe Biden. Get your letters straight, or we'll send you back to pre-K, where maybe you can learn how to read properly. And you wackos on the left had the nerve to say Donald Trump was a non-reader. Joe Biden is a non-reader and a non-speaker. He is nonsense personified. This is the Truth Hurts Program. Steve Zee and the Truth Hurts Program.
Attention homeowners and renters. Do you have a non-working, lazy, do-nothing family member, friend, or other acquaintance simply sitting around your home, not contributing, not helping out, perhaps a drug user or a criminal? Someone who is using you and offering little to nothing in return? How would you like to turn that do-nothing squatter into an opportunity for you to become quite wealthy? Call 1-800-THUG-AWAY now for a free no-obligation information kit on ways to turn your thug squatter into a profit-making center. That lazy, good-for-nothing drug addict, thief, or squatter might be your ticket out of poverty. Studies have shown that by using our proven method, family members of drug addicts, counterfeiters, rioters, arsonists, murderers, rapists, and other criminals, as well as plain old lazy people squatting in your home, can participate in our program, earning millions of dollars for you, the family members. Recently, one of our course-completing families was able to turn the death of a common thief and drug abuser into a $27 million payday. If your thug suffers from frequent drug overdoses, heart failure, lung disease from years of smoking, you might be sitting on a gold mine. If they have a history of resisting arrest, violence, evading, fleeing the police, Amazon.com seems to have a, a victory in the belt. As of Thursday night, City, workers at the Alabama Amazon warehouse many areas of poised to reject the retail wholesale and department store union. Mighty Minneapolis, nearly half of the ballots Washington, counted by the National Labor Relations Board as of 4 p.m. yesterday votes against the union outnumbered votes in favor of the union by a margin of 2 to 1. Call 1-800-THUG the last count, there were over 1,100 votes against the union and only 460 thousand more votes. The workers in Bessemer, Alabama voted over a seven-week period, returning vote-by-mail ballots in a historic election to decide whether to form the first U.S. Amazon Union. About 5,800 workers were eligible to vote. 3,215 returned their ballots. Hundreds of ballots were reportedly challenged prior to the count based on questions of whether the employee was eligible or not to vote in the election. The vote count was live-streamed for observers and reporters to watch, and it took place at a National Labor Relations Board office in a small hearing room, with two in-person observers and a tiny gallery. An NLRB agent processed each ballot by placing it under a camera and calling out no or yes as he read the results. Observers had a chance to object to the ballots if the voters' intention seemed unclear, but that rarely occurred. Amazon took an early lead in the vote count and stayed ahead the entire time. After counting the ballots, the NLRB will give a final tally if one party wins by a wide enough margin, the challenge ballots couldn't change the results. If the margin is narrow, the agency could resolve the challenges in litigation that could take weeks, if not months. Amazon rightfully fought intensely against the union drive, reportedly hiring an anti-union consultant and requiring employees to attend trainings which supposedly argued against unions. Amazon argued it already treats its workers well, with a starting wage that's nearly double the region's minimum wage, and they provide health, retirement, and tuition benefits. A heavily unionized workforce could drive up Amazon's costs and potentially could have a say in the use of robotics and automation in the Amazon warehouses. Even if Amazon is the clear winner, the union could object to the election on the basis of an unfair labor practice or electioneering, 
that the company allegedly improperly swayed the result. In other words, crybaby liberals crying foul any time and every time things don't go their way, even when the vote count is so overwhelmingly proof that these people don't want a union. It's another instance of the I'll take my ball and go home if I can't get my way type of mentality that you find in liberal Democrat circles. The union folks have one week to object to the election results, and if the labor board rules in their favor, the agency could order a redo of the election. We don't like the results. We'll just do it again until we get the results we like. Sounds like a Democrat proposal to me. Also sounds like we've run out of time for this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Hope you all have a great weekend, everybody. Go out there and have a good time. I have every intention of relaxing a little bit. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you were offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts Program Network. All rights reserved.